Have you ever in your own life just paused and thought back? Let me not say 40 years. Let me start with five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years back. To see and celebrate God's faithfulness in your own life. The sermon that I'm going to share tonight started a few weeks ago in my own heart where it was a Sunday morning. I took time out just to spend with God. And so the idea was to go to Volvo Spray to go for a run and afterwards just sit on the mountain there uh, or the hill, not a mountain, and just be in his presence. And so the run happened. But after the run, I just had this unction in my heart that God said, no, I want you to drive. And so we arrived, the son and I arrived in in Pretoria in 1998, 25 years ago. And so what happened that day is literally, he took me from point one to point two, re-stepping every step that we took in 25 years. What an amazing experience to see the first house that we bought together. 82 square meet, amazing mansion. But we could see God's faithfulness in that. The first house where I had the privilege of carrying my first baby into the house. When last did you just pause and think back to see God's faithfulness in your own life and to celebrate that? Now, it's easy to remember things uh, when you have a scar on your body. Yes, I have a scar here, just there. Believe me, I'm not supposed to lie. It's there. You can come afterwards. I'll show you. And so how did this happen? I can remember it. I was about between three and four years old. Uh, we were in a, a town called Okakarara. Um, it is in the northeastern part of Namibia. And so my brother, being five years older than I am, asked my grandmother if he could go and visit some friends. And she said, yes, but I'm not allowed to go. And so you can think, if you have a younger brother or sister, you can still remember that. That little tail that follows you everywhere. It was me. And so I made sure that I kept my eye on my brother. And as soon as he left, I ran after him. And as I turned the corner, I ran into a sheet of corrugated iron. And it cut my leg. And needless to say, I'm that little brother that caused my brother to stay at home. See, it's easy to remember things of the past because we have physical scars. But we all know that saying, out of mind, out of sight. And so the only reason why I can remember that event is because of the skull. Yes, sometimes maybe somebody can remind you of something. And like I did, when you see certain buildings or certain places, you can also remember. But for most part, it is out of sight, out of mind. And so let me ask you the question, what about God's faithfulness in your life? What about God's faithfulness in your life? Is it possible that you are maybe sitting here tonight and it's sort of something along this, the way of out of sight and out of mind? I'm not sure about God's presence. I'm not totally convinced of His presence in my life. Or I've just become so numb to his presence in my life that it became the norm, what is the norm, and it's sort of out of sight. 
So you can open your Bibles with me as we read together the book of Joshua. I'm going to go to the book of Joshua and my topic for tonight is easy. Is God is faithful and I've witnessed it. We've just sung it. God is faithful and I have witnessed it. So we're going to read together, together from Joshua chapter 3. Just context. This is the Israel. They are standing before the Jordan River about to enter the promised land. But behind them, there's many years of God's faithfulness. God delivering them from Egypt, opening the Red Sea for them to walk through the Red Sea. In the desert, we see how God provides daily in the mornings manna to eat, something in the form of bread. And in the evening, quail, it's a bird, meat. We see the cloud by day over them and the fire by night that guides them, that are with them. And so we see all of this happening. And this is them now standing in front of the Jordan River, the promise that God has given them, the promised land. And this is where we pick up the story. Joshua chapter 3 verse 9. And Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hevites, the Perizzites, the Gergesites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. And if you've forgotten, and just say sites, and you've got it. Seven of those sites. See the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Verse 13. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. Chapter 4, verse 1. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from the right from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. And so Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord, your God, into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulders, according to the number of the tribes of Israelites, to serve as a sign among you in the future when your children ask you what, do you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. And when it, it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Verse 20, And Joshua set up, at Gilgal, the twelve stones they had taken out of the Jordan, he said to the Israelites, In future, when your descendants ask their parents, What do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. 
And the Lord your God did to the Jordan what he did, we had done to the Red Sea, when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. Father, thank you that as we open your word, Holy Spirit, I, I ask that you will just reveal the Father's heart to us. Just come and speak into our hearts. Just reveal your faithfulness. In the name of Jesus, amen. So I don't know about you, but for me, you know, I sort of viewed the, the Red Sea crossing and the Jordan crossing. I always thought the, the Red Sea crossing was the more dramatic one. Maybe because it's got the word sea in it. Another one is a river. doesn't really matter how you viewed it or how you currently are viewing it. I think we all fail somehow to fully understand just the magnitude of this miracle. The miracle where God made a river stop flowing and he opened it up. See, to truly understand the magnitude and why God did it, he did it to show his faithfulness to his people before they crossed into the promised land. To understand what happened there, you need to look at the physical and the spiritual. And so the physical that happened here was physically, as the priest was busy carrying the ark of God, as they stepped into the river. Not before, as they stepped into the river. Can you see how God still asks of us faith in action? When you step into the river, I will show up. Peter, when you get out of the boat, you will walk on water. Peter had to get out of the boat to walk on water. And so as soon as God's presence stepped into that environment, the water stopped flowing. And then it says in chapter 3, verse 16, it drew back. It was on its way to the Dead Sea and it drew back 37 kilometers. 37 kilometers. It was harvest time. And so if you know something about harvest time, and the Jordan River, it is in flood always. And so this was a river in flood pulling back 37 kilometers. Keeping in mind that water was still coming up until the city of Adam. And at this point, the water then started spreading 3 kilometers wide. 40 meters high. 40 meters is a 12-story building, for those of you that don't know. It is higher than this wall. For three kilometers, all you could see was a 12-story mass of water. And God did this to show his faithfulness to his people. As soon as he stepped into their situation, a miracle took place. God is faithful. And I don't know where you find yourself tonight. But if you allow him, if you put your trust in him, just imagine what he can do in your situation right now. If he can do that to something that is natural. He can bring life where there's death. He can bring provision where you think there's no provision. He can heal where doctors have said to you, there is no healing for you. Will you allow him to go before you? I remember in 2000, I was working in Mali 
Northwest Africa as a missionary. It's a close country to the gospel. And I felt ill there. So much so that the doctors told me that I will not return home. I will die there. As soon as God steps into our situation, nothing is impossible. 23 years later, I am still standing. That was the physical part of God's miracle that day. But there's a spiritual side to it also. As soon as these people stepped into the promised land, a 600-year-old promise was fulfilled at that moment. Genesis 12, God makes a covenant with, with Abram. He says to Abram, Abram, leave your family. Follow me to the land that I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation. And in that moment, more than two million people stepped into the promised land. And God proved his faithfulness to his promises. And those people all witnessed it. So many of you are sitting here with promises over your life. 600 years and God was still faithful. The second promise that we see just being fulfilled in that moment. You can read about it in Deuteronomy 31 where Moses speaks a blessing and a promise over Joshua when he hands him the leadership. He says to him, Joshua, fear not, because God, the living God, will go before you, and he will be with you. And in this moment, we see how the ark went before them, and he opened up the water. And God fulfilled the promise given through Moses to Joshua, and they witnessed it. You see, this miracle is much more than just people passing from one side of a river to another side. And God did this. God did this to show his faithfulness to his people as they entered into the promise he has spoken. Let me maybe just read to you again. Joshua 3 verse 9 where Joshua actually speaks this. He says, Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord. All right, here we go. This is the words of God. This is how you will know. You will know two things. And this is how you will know it. What are those two things? That the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you your enemies. And that is why I will make this water to stop flowing, to pull back, to part, so that you can go through, so that you will know that you know that I am with you, and that I will drive out your enemies before you. Why was it necessary? After everything God had done up until this point, why was it still necessary for him to prove to his people that he is with them. Up until this point, let me try and elaborate on that. Up until this point, God, by means of ten plagues, got Pharaoh to say, me. And when they got to the Red Sea, he opened the Red Sea for them to pass through. Up until this point, he made water flow from a dead rock for them to drink. 
up until this point, Moses took a piece of wood and he threw it into water that was undrinkable and it turned into pure water for them to drink. Up until this point, they saw the presence of God manifest in the form of a cloud over his ark after they built the ark of God. Up until this point, every morning, manna. Up until this point, every evening, quail. Why is it still necessary then for him to prove that he is with them? You see, familiarity, when we become familiar with something, familiarity causes us to devaluate some things that are invaluable in our lives. Let me read that again for you. Familiarity causes a devaluation of something invaluable in our lives. And for them, at this point, it was God's faithfulness. Every day, they saw God's faithfulness. And they became so familiar with it that they failed to recognize His presence in their midst. And this is why God then says to them, And I will do a great miracle among you. To prove to you that I am with you. Come on, let's just think about it. God has to do something to prove that he is with them. The ark of God went before them into the water. The ark on which the presence of God has manifested in the form of a cloud. They could physically see it. Up until this point, daily, they were still eating manna. We see in chapter 5, verses 12, as soon as they started eating from the produce of the promised land, God stopped providing manna. And God still had to prove to them that He is with them. How many of you are sitting here tonight? And you can testify of so many things. Somehow in your heart you are saying, God, if you are really there. Can you hear that? If you are really there, if you are really there, why did God have to prove himself to this people? You see, this was a generation. The majority of this generation was born after the exodus out of Egypt. This generation, the majority of them were born after the cloud by day and the fire by night. What do I mean by that? When they grew up, the cloud was already there. The fire was already there. The manna in the morning was already there. The quail, it was already there. And so they grew up in an environment where the presence of God was just there. And so they failed to notice His faithfulness in that. To them, God's faithfulness was the norm. Well, we wake up and there's manna. We wake up. There's manna. You see, sometimes something can be in sight, but you fail to recognize it because you've become so familiar with it. You've become so familiar with it. And just looking in your eyes, I can see the question here, right? If I saw God's physical presence, I will never doubt. Yes. 
When last did you see a rainbow? What did you notice when you saw that rainbow? Did you still see God's faithfulness in that rainbow? Or was it just a nice picture? When you take communion, which we will do tonight, do you still see God's faithfulness? Or have you become so familiar with it that you fail to recognize His presence? I remember my wife and I we used to be missionaries with an organization called Operation Mobilization. And we had a sense after a few years that God was leading us back into the corporate environment. I remember it so clearly. For two years, that Mali trip was part of that two years. We saw God's faithfulness daily. We did not receive a salary. We were making a living based on God using people to support us. I can share testimonies of how we showed a Jesus film in the north of Mozambique. And as we arrived there, we set up, ready, people are coming. My friend came to me and said, did you bring the diesel? And I said, no, I thought you're going to bring the diesel. And so we went to the generator. And it was barely, there was some barely something in it. It was empty. And we just pray. We just pray. And we showed the whole of the Jesus film with the call to accept Jesus afterwards, all in Portuguese, which takes about two hours. And as soon as the call was made and people stood up, the generator cut off. Saw God's faithfulness. But a few weeks back into working, I remember so clearly driving to a shopping center close to where we lived in Centurion. And I bought these fresh buns still warm with the cheese on top of it can you smell it yeah you're hungry now yes so it's still warm i mean you can't put it in a bag remember that and a two liter milk it's my favorite the two of that together is my favorite standing at the till after all i've just shared with you opened my wallet and i said to myself yes it's great to provide for myself again See, I became so familiar, so familiar with God's faithfulness that I failed to recognize that my ability to stand there and to buy is still evidence of His faithfulness in my life. Because 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10 says, And he that provides seed for the sower to sow will also provide bread for you to eat. Doesn't matter where it comes from, it is still Him that is the source of our provision. Four years ago, we went through COVID. And we thought it's the end of the world. Everybody started preaching the signs of the end. People were losing their jobs. Salaries was half. That stage, I was still working in a corporate environment. Remember sitting with my employees and saying to them, 50% less this month, just for us to make it. And suddenly, people started realizing again their dependence on God. And four years later, we see how they failed to recognize His presence again. Because they are providing for themselves again. 
they are providing for themselves again. See, when, when we become familiar with things around us, we tend to devaluate the invaluable things in our lives. And God had to show up and he had to do a miraculous miracle to prove to his people that he is still with them and that he is faithful and that he will go before them as he has promised and that through him they will conquer the promised land. Shortly after that, we see this people walking around the walls of Jericho seven days and on the seventh day, seven times. And then they start worshiping God and the walls came tumbling down. We see a people that in that instance were so convinced of God's presence because of this miracle. But may we be a people that believe in His presence and His faithfulness without seeing. Because better it is to believe if you've not seen than it is to see and then only believe. Like Jesus said to Thomas when he doubted. When he doubt. So God does this to prove his faithfulness. But then there's another thing in the story that he does. He tells his people, 12 men, to go and fetch 12 rocks. Obviously bigger than this one. But I gymmed this afternoon, so. 12 rocks. From the exact place where the ark stood. 12 rocks. And they used that to build a memorial. Placed them in a circle. Heaped up a memorial. Why did God say that? Scripture says to us, so that when your children point to those rocks, and they ask you, Dad, what happened there? Why, why is it that those rocks are heaped together? It says it clearly, so it will be for your remembrance it will serve the first purpose is for you to remember what I did. It is for you to remember my faithfulness. Second reason, and so that that can be a testimony to the generations to come. When last did you pause and look back see God's faithfulness? Celebrate it. May we Adopt this habit of creating faith memorials in our lives. Physical, but also in our hearts. To not forget that He is with you. And that He is faith. That He is faith. Maybe you're standing in front of a river tonight. And you are calling out, God, if you are there. May this word speak to you tonight. May this word minister to you tonight. That he is always there. He is standing there right beside you at this moment. But he is also going before you. And he will drive out every enemy that you are facing. Every trouble, every anxiety, every fear that you might have tonight. He is there with you. And he is a faithful God. He will go before you.
and he will drive out your enemies. You just close your eyes. Holy Spirit, I pray in this moment to just minister to these people as they are sitting here. Maybe you're sitting there tonight and you have just become so familiar. Just so familiar with God. Don't you just want to confess tonight? Maybe you're sitting there tonight and you are facing this massive river and you know what I'm speaking about in your life. Would you just allow you just to show you his greatness and his power and the fact that he is with you right now. Holy Spirit, I pray, will you minister? You just take a time. It's going to be quiet. Just pray. Just listen. Holy Spirit, I just sense how you are busy ministering to people. Don't hold back. It's in these moments where we allow, where we give over. That we see the miracle happening that you've been trusting for. Just get out of the boat. Just get out of the boat. Some of you just need to get out of the boat tonight. He is there with you. It is his voice that is calling you towards him. 